0: Hello everyone, welcome to the PPC show brought to you by AdStage. I am one of your hosts, Paul Wicker.
1: I am also another host,
0: JD Prater. Today's December 7th, 2018. These are your top 6 PPC headlines in the week. But first, uh you well, besides the fact that you're a new dad and you're barely sleeping, uh, I think Coral had a pretty rough week this week. So, how are you holding up over there?
1: Ooh, yeah, it was it's been rough, man. It's uh, you know, not the best week for for the company, but you know, as with um, all things, you know, like you really kind of shine through, you know, the leadership, and uh, you know, I can say internally, I've been really impressed with how the leaderships handled it. Uh, you know, in particular the CEO and uh, his blog that he wrote and how he came out. I thought he did you know a pretty good job of um, you know, what happened and kind of laying out everything. And so I thought that was good and really putting forth like what we're going to do better. And, you know, for all those out there that are core users, you know, you know, we can, all we can do is apologize and hopefully, you know, you'll give us another chance. Hopefully you'll, you know, find value in there and, um, yeah, hopefully we'll see you on the platform.
0: Well, I just think every platform gets hacked these days. So I'm not, that's, I mean, yeah. It's, you know, the reality of the world we live in. Facebook got hacked, Twitter got hacked, uh, Sony got hacked. I mean, biggest companies in the world repeatedly get hacked. Google, well, they had bot farms going on. I don't know if they've had an official, you know, announced hack yet, but but they will, or they've covered it up. <laughs> um, Google?
1: Yeah, well, didn't Google have, um, um, didn't they have something with Google Plus earlier this year?
0: Oh, right. Yeah, Google Plus got hacked. So you're in, you know, you've made it. You know you've made it when your company's big enough that, you know, the international hackers uh, are in there. You know, I said on Twitter, you know, this happens. People, Nobody likes it when your stuff gets hacked, but we're also used to it. I think it's more about how companies react. And, you know, I think you guys handle it really well. Very transparent. It happened, like, on Friday and uh, by Monday it was announced. Uh, It was, you know, clear plan of action. So that's all I hope for. Also, because we're in technology, so we know, like, no one can guarantee you won't get hacked. Like, it's just how the world works these days so
1: yeah it's i mean you know some people were calling for us i can't believe you didn't tell us friday well it's because we spent the entire weekend fixing the problem you know like we had to go do diagnostic work there was i mean this stuff isn't easy um to go figure out what happened and where when you know you're just you're just scrambling so you know for me i wasn't working through the weekend but i know a lot of our engineering team scrambled, put in a lot of long hours. Um, we're bringing in cots, you know, for people to sleep. Uh, like that's how like lockdown and dedication to the team, you know, we were uh, going to have our Christmas party tomorrow and we went ahead and postponed that in light of, you know, this, uh, cause it just didn't think it would be right. So, um, yeah, it's,
0: it's pretty big. All right. Well that's enough doom and gloom. For yeah. the podcast. Yeah. Don't depress everyone. Uh, we got some good news. We had a webinar yesterday, or I guess I had a webinar with the Hennepin folks yesterday. It was Trends for 2020 and Paid Social. You could probably go find it uh, on the Hennepin website somewhere. I thought it was pretty fun. Uh, we, it was felt a little yeah. bit like this show, but it was a little bit into the future. I had some dramatic predictions that I think you disagreed with, JD. Yeah, give me, give me, go ahead. Let's, let's, you know, give me a couple of them. Like, let, let's tease them out. Uh, let's see. One was that Snapchat will get acquired by Google in and Twenty and after their stock price hits two dollars, agree or not agree?
1: <laughs> I like. Well, you have a two-part. You know, with Snapchat hitting a two-dollar, <laughs> so they become like a penny stock kind of. Um, Google, interesting. I I'm still voting Amazon or Disney on that one. So I agree they will probably get acquired by 2020. I'm I'm voting Disney or um, Amazon.
0: Number two, Amazon will grow to become the. I kind of hedged on saying the largest, but I'll just make it more dramatic. The largest uh, ad tech company in the world.
1: Oh man, that's, that's a big one. You know, I, I guess, I guess to be fair, if you put in, I, I guess when I saw it, I was just thinking Amazon, but I guess if you were to maybe some of their other medias, you know, you know, Twitch, for example, you and I talked about a couple of weeks ago and maybe whatever they buy in the future, potentially, but man, I mean, they're like, a 10th of what Google does in a quarter. And to surpass them in, two, in a, basically a year and a half, I, I don't know, I don't know about that.
0: Yeah, I guess it's murky, cause I was just Googling. So Amazon in market cap is 829 billion. It's the third largest company between Apple and Microsoft who keep fighting. So Amazon is actually already quote unquote bigger in terms of overall revenue. But I was suggesting that in terms of like ad revenue that what I really said was Amazon was going to take the third position in ad revenue behind yeah. Google and Facebook eclipsing people like Bing, LinkedIn, Twitter.
1: I agree with that. I, I, uh, I will, I will say thumbs up to that. Um, I do agree with that. You know, I think they will, they are the triopoly. And I think all of us are basically crumbs, you know, fighting for that other 40% uh, that, that they leave after they, you know, mop up the 60 plus percent of all ad spend.
0: And then I think my other predictions were a little bit, you know, less exciting, but I did, I didn't make a prediction wholesale about Pinterest and Quora, but I did say that you will be spending money on uh, another network like Pinterest or Cora in 2020. So you made the trends predictions list.
1: I think that's completely fair. I, you know, I, you know, I, I, you know, I think Pinterest will IPO next year and I, I think that's because they have strong revenue uh, from their ads so I would 100% agree I think that they have a really strong narrative and storytelling and they're convincing a lot of marketers to jump on board and you know I think my my trend was that um, so I did something with SEMrush as well kind of a small webinar with them and my my prediction was that we're gonna focus on top of funnel like that's gonna be you know brand building brand awareness you know focus on content focus like on a podcast and I think um, when you think about Pinterest, you think about Cora. that fits perfectly into that where I still maintain Google is bottom of the funnel. It's going to be hard to get actual growth just focusing there.
0: Yeah, that's why they got to buy Snapchat. I told Ooh. you. That's where they get their... Uh, and I think stories in YouTube is, I think you brought it up maybe, is a way to get onto um, kind of into social and start building community in a YouTube property. So Google has a shot. Or they just buy the startup we haven't heard of yet that all the kids are using.
1: But hold on, let me let me go ahead and double up on this one because uh, you know Kara Swisher has another uh, podcast where they were talking about uh, group chats going to be the future of social. So maybe your Snapchat. But we also have to mention Paul got a reply from Kara Swisher.
0: I you know Kara Swisher and I both interview people of high importance and hang out. In the state <laughs> of no, I. you told me about Pivot. I watched it. It was great. I think I made a somewhat clever comment because in their podcast, they talked about how emerging economies generally steal intellectual property. And if you look at the Chinese, that's what they're doing. But then, you know, when you're feeling all like, ah, Chinese, we're, we're America. The other guy, Scott, was like, yeah, and America did that to Europe during like the textile you know revolution or whenever we started making textiles in the u.s we stole all the patented stuff from europe and just ignored patent law and we're like yeah we could make that stuff over here so before we get insulted at china we should look in the mirror first but i made a comment about we should steal a, a segment they do called winners and losers which you just reminded me we should and uh and i i somehow got her to respond to me and then when i got so excited she told me that i should get better goals because <laughs> <laughs> I was too excited that that you know her retweet and reply like made my week. Uh, but I know she's listening now, so hi, Cara. <laughs> uh, all right, one other point I want to make because I looked up these numbers for that podcast, and I, it was just interesting. So monthly MAUs, monthly um, what the heck's the A uh, authorized users, average users, monthly average users for these different platforms. Pinterest has 250 MAUs. Reddit has three hundred and thirty million. Twitter has three hundred and thirty five million, and Cora has three hundred million. so there's like this club of you know platforms that aren't Facebook, Google, and Amazon that are around this you know two hundred and fifty to three hundred and fifty million monthly active users. Thank you, monthly active users um, so of those folks, I think those are the folks we'll see in twenty twenty is uh some of them will rise to be legit players and ads
1: yeah i mean that's that's a, another really good point too uh. Man, I just got done listening to their latest podcast on The Pivot, and they they kind of talked about how Facebook really is a monopoly, and they want to basically squash all competition in all of those networks you just named, that would be competition. So I'm interested to see how Facebook handles, you know, uh, all these other networks trying to rise
0: um, as well. Well, we did see them announce like Facebook for jobs or, you know, like kind mm-hmm. of a, a LinkedIn territory where you get into trying to find a job through Facebook instead of LinkedIn. They moved into dating, you know, not too long ago, they experimented with kind of, uh, I don't know how any of these things are going, but they are definitely trying anything that looks like it is a kind of industry technology leading kind of product. They're like, Hey, let's copy that and put it in Facebook. Got to keep you on that platform. Right. Um, Okay, well, we have some stories to get to. The biggest one, of course, comes from AdStage. Did you hear they launched a new join product that let you uh, join data from Salesforce and Google Analytics to your paid marketing data like Facebook spend and Google impressions? It was quite a week, quite a launch. We got some good press in search engine land. Uh, search engine land? Marketing land? Perhaps both? Uh, definitely Ginny Marvin over marketing land. I think she does both, right? Yeah, I mean, I, they're like the same, you know. Yeah. Sure. Uh, And then it was just crazy week. Any of you who have done product launches know it's kind of crazy trying to coordinate press and product launches and website updates and all that, but we got it all live. Check it out. If you're interested, you can go to our website at sage.io and there's a whole page now on join that tells you how we do all that magic. But my goal as a product person working for you marketers is to get rid of VLOOKUP and the exports and the VLOOKUP and the copy paste special to a new column and then taking that and putting it into some report by the end of let's say 2019, I hope that that's a fully automated task that none of you have to do. That is my goal for you.
1: Nice. I'm all for it. I, 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 hate, I hate it. I hate VLOOKUPs. I hate being in Excel when I don't have to be. So I'm all for the data revolution and the MarTech
0: revolution to solve all my problems. So thank you. Thank you, Paul. You're welcome. This is how I expect everyone to... <laughs> <laughs> to sign up for the product, and thank you. I will say, you yeah, know, I've launched a lot of products in my time, and this one has got the best reception by far. I mean, we had tons of like demos and inquiries come in from press and stuff like that, but even I had my first uh four or five demo calls or like we have current customers who we walked them through our u i set up some tasks some some of these joint tasks, and like like I said, I've launched a lot of products. This one really feels like it's an instant fit, and people barely need any explanation. They walk through the u i I just say, hey, you do v lookups, and, and they go, yep, I do this, I do this. And so we go, okay, click a few buttons and ah, it's done. And we'll have it done every morning at 3 a.m. So when you get to work, your data's waiting for you. So it's been very nice. Okay, enough bragging. Uh, let's talk about headlines. Uh, yeah. First one, Google added more language support. well, if you're using responsive search ads, which I don't, I don't know if you've used them recently, I haven't used them, so if you've used them tell the good people about how great they are. Cause they look great, but Google sometimes lies to me and says things are great. And then I use them and they stink.
1: Yeah. It's still tough. I mean, you're still thinking, I mean, you're still relying on Google's machine, you know, machine learning, which isn't perfect, right? It's still a machine. It's not you doing it. And so I think there's a lot of pluses to it. Um, you know, helping you deliver those relevant ads, but Hey, new languages. So for all of you who over there in uh, Europe, and it looks like Europe, and probably Russia, and maybe Japan. That's pretty much the, the, main, the main ones. Uh, you guys are gonna get some. And then they did a couple of other um, quick little feedback and reporting tools. Did
0: you see those? Yeah, I mean, the new languages are great, but you know, English is all that matters. So I was more interested in the new features they added. Like you can now, when you're building, like adding headlines descriptions, they'll recommend some, so they'll give you some like, hey, why don't you try this headline description? Also, you already wrote a lot of great headlines and descriptions, so why not have Google just import those and add them into your responsive search ads as options? So Google now has a way you can just import them, and now you don't have to just rewrite all the stuff you already had in your text ads. And they claim that if you do that, if you use your existing text ads, headlines, descriptions, people who have done it have seen 10% more clicks in, in their ads. So if you're using responsive ad, ad, uh, responsive search ads, it's worth trying that out. Oh, there's one other thing too. Ad strength? So yeah, apparently. We should, we should talk about that. Yeah. Go ahead. I don't, you know, ad strength, I never looked at it, It's but it's there.
1: You know, I think what was super interesting with this one is real-time feedback and they're making up a new thing. They're calling it ad strength and it's uh, going to give you the overall rating that indicates the effectiveness of a relevant ad and the specific action items that can improve the strength of the, of the ad. So it's going to try to help you create better ads, and then tell you specifically how you can improve that ad. Again, I mean, I don't know. I mean, how well do they know your messaging and your business and, you know, your customer? Hopefully you know that better than, uh, than a machine,
0: but we'll see how it works. Yeah, they will tell you if your headlines and descriptions are too similar, if they're too short, if you don't have final URL. So it's a little bit like the quality score analysis, which tells you like landing page strength and So it feels like they're trying to give you more insight into why they think your headlines and descriptions suck. But, uh, those are some reasons, but you can now get instant feedback as you're building them rather than wait till they run for a while and then be like, why ain't these working? Uh, so that's Google, um, ads. So, um, we can move on to IAB who, this is like a display story. These things always confuse me. So I won't get into any of the technical details, but uh, maybe two months ago, we talked about this concept of ads.txt. It's a file that websites can use, especially publishers like New York Times. They can keep it on their you know, server, the same place they host their website. So you can go look at that file and see who is serving inventory on New York Times. So in theory, if some shady guy with a trench coat tries to sell you some ad inventory, you know, bobinventory.com, and then you look on New York Times and you don't see Bob Inventory dot com on new york times you know that you're not really buying new york times oversimplification but essentially how it works the new update is now there's something that also works for app developers specifically for mobile apps and the -the over-the-top video apps we talked about that last week the ott basically like the hulus of the world and the cable boxes and whatnot Uh, although last week we talked about exactly what ott means and i already forgot but something like that. So now they have some way of also verifying on those apps as well. So it's not just websites. So good for transparency in the industry.
1: Yeah, hopefully we get rid of inventory fraud. That's that's the key. Let's right.
0: do it. I'd hate to be a spammer in this day and age. It seems like it's getting way harder. Yeah, it's true. Um, so the next story is pretty interesting. I, I, first, I'm like, how is this related to advertising? But a company called Firefly just raised $21.5 million in funding. It's a rideshare advertising company. So not rideshare like Uber and Lyft, but instead it's a, a sign that goes on top of the Uber or Lyft, just like those taxi cab billboards that if you've lived in the city, you've seen for 20 years. Essentially created a digital version of that. So if you drive Uber or Lyft, you could throw one on your roof and make an extra 300 bucks a month by showing ads. Not too bad.
1: Not too bad. I mean, great round. I mean, kudos to those guys for getting 21 mil, uh, 21 and a half. I don't want to short, short change them there. And then, uh, I also like, they some pretty smart things. I mean, we've always seen those signs on cars, right? You know, taxis have them. Or if you remember back in the day, Paul, when you would order pizza, you know, Domino's would be up there, but now it's all like digitized. So they can actually just flip out ads which I think is pretty cool. Um, when you think about it that way and putting ads out there. So,
0: Yeah, 300 bucks a month. Go do it. And yeah, if I'm driving Uber and, you know, so a few people asked in the article, like, oh, are you partnering with Uber or Lyft? So I imagine if this does work, Uber is going to be like, yeah, we'll have our official Uber ad network on top of the Uber cars and just acquire these folks. So they might have a nice quick exit to Uber or Lyft as well. Uh, And you can, if you buy these, you know, you can geo-target them. So basically you say when the Uber's driving in downtown San Francisco, I want, you know, this golden state warriors ad but when it's you know over in oakland well it's a bad example because the warriors are popular in oakland but (laughs) you get what i mean maybe it's the raiders if you're in oakland you got the raiders ad and if you're in san francisco you have the niners ad and it can switch so that makes it go beyond just the standard ad and they're being very conservative so if you're selling things like tobacco or cannabis or anything that's kind of somewhat dodgy uh, they're not accepting ads so they're looks like they're trying to restrict the quality um I wonder if it's because in San Francisco, there are so many cannabis ads and on buses for some reason. (laughs) I think it's like, it's so hard to advertise cannabis and maybe digital because people have rules that the buses are like, yeah, state, whoever runs the bus, the county, the state are like, sure, we'll take the money. No problem. (laughs) Uh, So if you want to do some digital, some OOH out of home advertising, uh, check out Firefly. Um, Next story is Facebook Groups. So you're a Facebook groups guy. Well, this was one of my predictions in the, in the um, webinar I did was that we're going to all be doing stories in 2020. Like more than the newsfeed, we'll be doing stories because it's narrative. It's actually to your point, top of funnel creative. So we'll all be doing story ads. And now it looks like you can manage them in Facebook groups.
1: Yeah. Or you can like create a story. And then when you go to share it, you can select the group, you know? Um, yeah, that makes sense. Right. Whenever, I, I, I couple this again with um, Kara's other podcast that she does, which she had on, you know, uh, her son. <laughs> he was like gonna helping change, her out. We're yeah, going to change know, this
0: podcast to the Kara Swisher Fan Club.
1: <laughs> fan club slash just recapping her podcast, but right. uh, I know I just thought the it was a really interesting uh, way to think about it as we're we're moving to groups, right? I mean, so Cora just launched Spaces, right? I mean, we're moving to where you just want to like focus on each other. But he was even saying smaller groups, like basically texting groups where you're just kind of doing funny things with each other. So stories inside groups makes complete sense. Um, I think it's, you know, they're writing that uh, that wave. Again, I, I worry about the adoption of stories on Facebook versus stories in Instagram, right? Uh, so I haven't seen it quite play out yet.
0: Well, s- since they're almost everywhere now, I assume it will become like a ubiquitous format. So you won't have kind of platforms where people don't understand the story like in the early days no one you know got what a story was on snapchat and even on instagram in the early days like i remember my mom you know who was used to seeing every now and then i put something on instagram and i pretty much haven't posted to the news feed in like months but i'll do stories when you know, i was just in panama and stuff like that and she's like i don't understand what do you mean it disappears and i i it was there i can't find it and i'm like no they just dis- you know And she's like, in her brain, she's like, I don't get it. Why would you take a photo that disappears? I was like, ah, I see. But now, today, she knows exactly how it works. She goes to the top rail, clicks on the bubbles, watches the stories, little heart emojis, you know, she's good. Um, There is some technical stuff they added to Facebook groups with stories. Uh, If you're the administrator, you now have some new features. So you can block or mute someone from contributing to a story. You can add an approval layer. You can delete stories if you don't think they're related to your groups. So they're basically like adding all these different layers of kind of admin privileges so that you can control control stories. And it's actually been out uh, I guess for a few months now. So stories aren't new, but those new admin features are new. and also, it's funny, this gets its own bullet point, emoji reactions. So if the like uh, person managing it posts, or I guess anyone who posts the story, Post the story, you can now respond with emojis, which I actually like doing, because I'm sure everyone cares how Paul Wicker uses social media. <laughs> but Instagram and Facebook have different experiences in their stories. I'm, I don't know if you've noticed. So, like, you oh, yeah. can use emoji responses in Facebook, and in Instagram, when you respond, it's like a, a text message. So you you can like I M them back, and then get an emoji. But Facebook is way easier because it's like a one click party balloon thing. Uh, which I prefer because I'm lazy and I want to do a party, party whatever that thing is, party horn. Anyway, I don't want to <laughs> write back or just do the heart. You know, I don't want to heart everything. Anyway, I digress. Um, so that's stories. And then we got two more that um, we'll get into. The first one you're going to hate. Um, but I see that you're maybe calling the cable company right now to complain about this very story. <laughs> but, no, I just have a, another meeting
1: starting. So I'm, uh, I'm calling in and I'm still talking. This uh, is I'm muted. Yeah, I know, right?
0: Dedication. Um, well, the next one is about ads uh, on Hulu when you pause. Um, did you want to tell the good people about that?
1: Um, go for it on this one, and I'm, I'm
0: going to jump in. Sorry, there. I got a. <laughs> oh, no, I know. I wish we did these as videos, and you could watch it. You try to do two meetings at once. <laughs> this is what happens when this is your side project. Um, sure, I'll wrap through this one pretty quickly. So, if you're watching Hulu you hit pause today, pauses, you go get your drink, you pee, you come back, you watch more, uh, you binge watch another five hours of something. Well, now you can't escape ads because when they see you pause, you're going to get ads. So instead of pre-roll post-roll, you're going to get pause ads. So Hulu announced that they're doing this. Um, so you basically can't escape ads and AT&T also announced they want to do something similar next year. But what's interesting is, you know, AT&T controls the internet connection. So like, There's some conversation about like, oh, are they going to try to see when you're pausing Netflix and like throw something up? Or, you know, there's some people speculating it can get really crazy, especially with that whole Internet freedom stuff uh, that all went down where, you know, uh, about throttling Internet and all that stuff. So there's a lot of those folks who are saying like, this is what happens if you don't regulate, you know, the Internet service providers. Anyway, it sounds pretty terrible to have more ads. But if you're a marketer, more inventory. So it ain't that bad. Yeah, I I hate ads. It's like I I expect when I paid to like
1: go stream TV, you know, that I I'm already paying a subscription fee, which should replace ads that I'm seeing. Um, so that's my just like user behavior that drives me nuts.
0: You are the grumpiest marketer I know, or at least you're always like, <laughs> I hate ads and I, I ad block. <laughs> um, the other thing that's funny is there's a quote from one of the execs over, I think at Hulu, uh, and this guy said. The pause will provide a natural break in the storytelling experience. Um, and I don't know what that means. I mean, I, oh, he had another quote. Oh, here it is. That quote, of course, is like, right, it is a natural break, but this is the part that blew my mind. Um, quote, we know you're going to, uh, yeah, we know you're going to capture 100% viewability when they pause and unpause, says this guy Matt Van Hooten, the VP of product at Exendor Media, which is AT&T's, new analytics and advertising division. So according to at and they're going to get 100% viewability. What? Someone's pausing and walking away. How is that 100% viewability when someone hits pause as they're about to walk away from the screen? It just shows you how the analytics companies want to view viewability versus common sense would tell you this is probably one of the least viewable ads because they're pausing to leave the computer. You saw that ad, Paul. You saw it. Right, you, know, you saw it, you, that split second after you hit pause before your eyes left the screen, you saw it, it was viewed. It's just funny. Uh, last story, um, you, oh, this one is um, about YouTube campaign bidding options. So our friends over at Clicks uh, wrote a really good post about folks running video campaigns and um, if you do that, there's feature limitations uh, depending on your video campaign in terms of your bidding options. So I won't get into them, but if you are uh, running YouTube video, or you're running video campaigns, and you're thinking about different bidding options, you should just go check out this article by uh, Joe Martinez. Yeah. He gets super into the weeds and has a bunch of screenshots of the UI, and we'll give you some really good tips on how to make sure you're setting up your bidding appropriately.
1: Yeah, this is a really good one. I, I'm glad that he wrote this one because it does get a little confusing when you get in there because there's, you know, some things aren't available whenever you go to set them up. So you have to like really have a, a solid plan, solid strategy uh, with how you want your videos to be seen and what you're trying to accomplish because that's going to ultimately determine how you can bid. So it's no longer just quick and easy anymore. It's now, it's getting more sophisticated.
0: And I like that. Yeah, it reminds me of Facebook when they first did Objectives. And maybe not for when for objective first came out, it's like, Oh, this is easy. But then with maybe a year later it became like, I want to do this bid, you know, use this bid strategy, but it's, it's like grayed out. Why is it grayed out? Oh, because I, this objective needs me to have this result. And then like, and it was always this like backwards math you had to do to be like, what can I use so that I could. So Joe takes care of that for you. So if you know, you want to use, um, let's see, maximum CPV, then you know you need to use ad sequencing as a campaign type or subtype. So, check out that article, and those are all the headlines that we have for you, believe it or not. We should go so JD can make it to his his meeting. (laughs) Uh, If you want more headlines, you can always head over to blog.adstage.io and sign up for a newsletter. You can also head over to Cora Spaces and look for the, was it, digital marketing news space? news and trends news and trends. I've been posting there, uh, JD posts there. We also post on Twitter, so come find us uh, on Twitter as well. Uh, Otherwise, have a great week. See you, everyone.